Is this thing on? Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Summits Podcast. Thank you all for joining us wherever your podcasts or on the Heroes Foundation YouTube channel. Um, got a good one for you guys today. One of our very highly valued, esteemed Summit partners um, from Duncan Supply, Mr. Chris Hendricks is our guest today. Welcome to the Summits Podcast. Thank you. Excited to be here. Why don't you uh, give our, our listeners and viewers a little uh, background intro on yourself? Sure. Uh, so I'm from Duncan Supply Company. Um, we have my, my family, I'm a part of the Duncan family, and we've been in business since 1936. So uh, 86 years of my you, family's... You look great for 86, by Right, exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> I try. Uh, 86 years of my family's history has kind of been wrapped up into a, an HVAC refrigeration and food service wholesale distributor. Okay. Um, based out of Indianapolis here with t- currently 10 branches, and uh, I think shortly after this airs, we'll be opening our 11th branch. Nice. Um, in Indiana. Nice. So. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, you're getting close to the 100-year mark. It's We're getting close. Yeah. Uh, my mother was so excited to be, have been retired before that happened. Yeah. She p- kind of planned our 75th anniversary, and she said, I'm, I'm out for 100. That's all <laughs> I <Yeah. laughs> So um, you grew up from Indiana. From Indianapolis, yeah. Um, where'd you go to high school? Ben Davis. Ben Davis, yeah. okay. And then undergrad? Undergrad I did at IU, nice. uh, down in Bloomington. And then uh, once I came back and really had to learn our industry and what it was about. Um, spent a few years working inside. Uh, my brother and I, at the time he was working for us, we opened a distribution center in Plainfield. Okay. And um, during that time there, I got linked up with Texas A&M University. Mm-hmm. And yep. Texas A&M has a huge distribution program. Okay. That's about 80% remote. So I had to do about five weeks worth of travel over two years, but I got a master's from Texas A&M in distribution. Okay, so, nice. Cool, Yeah. Nice. really, really. I kind of think of it as, it's kind of like an MBA only geared for distributors yeah. sure. for what we do. Yeah. So. That's cool. I'm sure that's coming in real handy yeah. these days. <laughs> right? Last few years, especially. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and this is maybe a little off topic, but mm-hmm. when you graduated from, did you go straight into the business or did you go do something else Actually, first? so my, when I was 17, I was sitting at my grandfather's kitchen table and uh, he had, he said, you know, what, what are you going to do next year? He's, and I think, at, well, I don't think I know at the time he had a, an intention for asking that question. Yeah. I'm the youngest of five in the fourth generation. Okay. And, uh, and I told him, I said, well, you know, next year I've been accepted to IU. I'm going pre-med. I want to go into physical therapy and athletic training. Um, had a really life-changing knee injury when I was about 15. Okay. Um, now four surgeries later, I can play <laughs> as much as I want if I can tolerate the pain. Right. Yeah. Um, but he offered me another idea and he said, you know, we have the business over here and if you want to take an interest, I'll make sure it's here. But if you don't, that's okay. I'm going to sell it before I die. And so it took 24 hours to come back and say, I don't get what we do. I don't really understand it, mm-hmm. but I've grown up with these people. Yeah. I've known some of these people. Um, our counter manager in Indianapolis retired about two and a half weeks ago at okay. 50 years. Nice. Wow. The guy who's held my seat before me retired at 47 years. Longevity is huge with us. And so I said, I've grown up with all these people. I don't want to see them become a number. 24 hours later, I said, I'm changing my major already before I even get to Bloomington. And I'm all in. 
you know, this is what I want to, I don't want this tradition to die. Right. I don't want to mm-hmm. see all this work gone for nothing. Um, and I said, I'll, I'll find my passion later. And so later on, it took a while, but I found it. Yep. Uh, I was always told I can't work for the business until I'm 18 because insurance wouldn't cover me. <laughs> so uh, when I graduated from Ben Davis, I graduated at 19 okay. and went to Bloomington. And I started working out in our Bloomington store. So oh, we really? have a store okay. down there. Okay. Yeah. And I really got a, an idea of what it was like to work in a small branch versus a home office. And mm-hmm. then I opened a distribution center and just kind of expanded from there. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've talked to several people um, who, who have the opportunity to go into a family business. And the question is, do you, do you go right in out of college mm-hmm. or maybe go do something <coughs> else first something else or back. even if it's in the same industry, but go cut your teeth somewhere else. Yeah. And I'm sure you could debate this all day. Typically I, I would be one who would say, you know what, go, go somewhere else first, just to really make sure that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of already had come to that conclusion ahead of time. Yeah. I mean, it was, I'd had a bunch of odd jobs like in high school and whatnot, yeah. and it wasn't that big of a deal. But what, what scared me was, is if I didn't make a commitment, I didn't know what was going to happen. Cause there wasn't sure. a plan B. Yeah. You know, all I was the last resort in line and hmm. they said, Hey, this isn't going to leave the hands of the family. So if you don't want to do this, that's okay. Yeah. But it's gone. Yeah. So that's kind of where it was like, I could, I have gone to do what I really wanted to do. I could have, and then could I have come back? Yeah, absolutely. But looking at the time frame, looking at how old people were, I knew I'd be flirting with a really tight line if I yeah. wanted to do that. So, yeah. yeah. So how many, or do any of your other siblings um, mm-hmm. work in the business as well? Uh, not any of my siblings. Okay. Um, my, I've got two older brothers. One's an IFD firefighter. Okay. The other's a teacher. Okay. Um, I have two cousins, one of which is there. Um, we have some distant cousins that are there. My mother retired last year. My aunt is still our credit manager. Okay. So I do have some family still there. Yeah, There's sure, about yeah. five uh, within the family still there. Okay. Um, despite the fact my mom retired last year, she's constantly doing projects for us all the time. So <laughs> we just don't get away from it. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah. We can share those stories later yeah. over uh-huh. additional beers. Yeah. There yep. you go. Uh-huh. Well, cool. Um, what, if you would, why don't you share with us what your cancer story is and, and then we'll kind of get into the relationship between Duncan and Heroes Foundation. Sure, sure. Um, so it was interesting. Um, up until 2020, I didn't really have a cancer story. Yeah. Um, a lot of, I mean, I, I know when I look around and this, this kind of, this experience opened my eyes that everybody some way, shape or form is, is affected. Yeah. Um, and I looked at pre this event and I wasn't really affected too much. And I, w- I looked at how, how much of a blessing that was. Um, on the day after St. Patrick's Day of 2020, uh, my dad called me. And, and for St. Patrick's Day, we always have a tradition that we kind of do. And up until I had kids, it made it a lot harder. Um, <laughs> but they're, my, my parents are pretty good friends with Jan and Jerry O'Brien, if, if you know the name. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they yep. are nine Irish brothers. Yep. Yep. And so we always go up to Nine Irish Brothers West Lafayette specifically, because that's, yeah. that's the, the home store. One. And that's, that's yeah. That's, that's right. the right one. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I don't like Purdue, but this will be the spirit. I, I get it. <laughs> no. um, so we always go up to Nine Irish Brothers, and yeah. I, I couldn't make this happen, this one. And my dad called me, and he, the next morning he says, um, Why don't you come over here? I said, Okay. And I came over, and he said, I think I got to quit drinking. <laughs> wow. That. That could have been nice, I'm, huh? Yeah. Sorry, am yeah. I good? Here? What are you saying? Um, and he said, "Well, here, f- feel my feel my belly." 
and smart ass that I am, I seems like you're getting kind of fat, dad. <laughs> and he says, no, okay, okay, okay. Now, now feel the other side. And just off center, I feel a little bit of something hard there. And he said, I think it's my liver. I said, well, I don't think that's quite right, but obviously something's not right there. So why don't you call a doctor? And mind you, this is in March of 20. So right. everything's starting to fall apart. Um, so he does, he calls his doctor and my dad is somebody who is very routine about anything medical. I think from the time he turned 55, every single doctor's appointment that he should have, he has made he, mm. every, every year religiously, yeah. everything from regular checkups to optical to dental. I mean, he's over the top. So he calls his doctor and she says, well, you're due in an April. Why don't we just wait and see how things go if it becomes a problem because she says are you in pain or discomfort no no i feel fine i just noticed the spot she says okay well everything's everything's checked out you got a little bit high blood pressure but shouldn't be anything to worry about let me know if anything changes it's okay um about a week later he spikes a temperature of about 104 and then the next morning he's at 96. okay calls the doctor and says that's really weird just Keep me, uh, you know, what, what's going on with COVID here? No, I've taken a test. It's negative. Okay, about, it, you know, two days later, 100, almost 105, 98. And it's just this big swings left and right. She said, okay, if it happens one more time, I want you to go in. So um, I think now this has gone from towards the third week of March to about this, uh, almost the first week of April. Okay. And it happens again, and he goes in through Hendricks Regional. Um, and they went through immediate care, and they said, I've been getting these temperature swings. They've tested for COVID. Okay, it's not COVID. And they said, oh, let's get this imaging done on your side. And he went in, and it was April 10th of 2020. It was the day before he turned 65. <laughs> and he cut, comes back... Um, he went to the doctor for the follow-up. I remember him doing that. And I was, I happened to be at home that day with my kids. Um, there were some daycare issues as you can imagine at that yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, he came straight over and he told me they, uh, scans came back as stage four metastatic carcinoma, uh, kidney, liver, lungs, and his pancreas. Wow. Coming from a guy who had nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, every once in a while, he'd catch a cold. But, I mean, yeah. a guy who's been routinely healthy his whole life, yeah. he's never had an operation of any kind other than the fact that when he was about, I think he was 17, he blew some fingers off with a cannon oh. <laughs> in, in shop class, oh. or that he made okay. in shop class. Okay. Um, <laughs> so he had, he had his hand work on. But outside of that, he's, he's been perfectly healthy. Who gets routine, all the, all the right checkups done. And a year before, nothing and now stage four. So then there was the panic of, okay, well, what do we do? Starts the process, process that nobody in my family's really been through. Right. So of course, what do you want to know? I, I, okay, we want to know, what is it? How do we treat it? What's the plan? Mm -hmm. And we weren't used to that. So now come all of the waiting games. Yeah. And it took reaching out to a lot of different people to find out like, no, that's, that's normal. Like it's, it's going to take some time, it's, which is the last thing you want to hear. Yeah. Um, and it took a while, uh, until we found out that it officially was, um, originated in the kidney. Okay. 
Okay. So he had what we were feeling on his stomach was actually his kidney protruding through the front. Okay. So oh. the mass was that big. Wow. Um, so he linked up with the doctor out of um, Hendricks Regional. Uh, at the time, I think he was with American Health Network, but he d- kind of did help with everybody. And he said um, he wanted to, he had a lot of uh, success with immunotherapies, and he wanted to try that. Uh, got him rolling, and that's when we really got scared because we looked at who my dad was, who seemed to be perfectly healthy, minus the news that was just delivered, mm-hmm. to starting to treat this thing. And he plummeted so far, so quickly on this treatment that like we were legitimately ready to start planning his funeral. Mm. It was that terrifying. Um, He couldn't eat, he couldn't walk, he couldn't stay awake, he couldn't drive. Um, All non-invasive at all. I mean, they put a port in his shoulder and it all intravenous then, but it just happened so fast. And they said, this is normal, like this, this is expected. He is going to plummet, but he will build it right back up. And it's okay. weather the storm, it's going to be okay. And so, okay, is it? Right. And, and it was. And it they when he was originally diagnosed, they gave him 12 months. Okay. And that was April 10th of 2020. Today, he's still here. Um, fast forward from 2020 to 22, um, he's been on a few different treatments um, that as one start to become less effective or non-effective, they've changed to another. Yep. It got to the point where um, in May, he actually had his kidney removed. Okay. That okay. was the last step. Like we don't want to do this because we don't know how, um, we don't know how interconnected it's all going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it we can't see. So we just kind of have to, to see. Yeah. And he was uh, linked up with a great uro-oncologist out of um, Urology of Indiana mm-hmm. that was done at St. V's. Okay. Um, we went in and they, he said, I, my job is to be brutally honest with you. And he said, I, I don't want to give you any sort of false hope that, that would make you think anything different. Um, he said, I, because we don't know what this is really connected to and how it's going to work, prepare that this is 50-50 shot. Okay. He may make it out of this. He may not. Yeah. We are hopeful. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, that's yeah. that's what we're striving for. Yeah. Um, but when you hear that, it's just yeah. like 50-50. That do we do? Is this the right decision? Do we do it? Yeah. Um, and at that point, he's he said, "Well, what have I got to lose?" You know. Mm-hmm. So he made he made all his arrangements that uh, if it went south, mm-hmm. here's here's what's going to happen. Um, through that came a lot of, I'd say a lot of good times, a lot of good conversations, a lot of quality time. Right. Um, but he went through the surgery and it was about six hours. Doctor came out and said it went absolutely as good as it possibly could have. And I said, now what we took out because they took out the kidney, they took out the tumor that was attached. And I think they took out about 10 centimeters of his large intestine. They took it out in one piece. They said it came out to be about the size of an NFL football. Wow. Is is what just came out of him. So he said his pain should be drastically less once he heals. So off treatment for a month, surgery, off treatment for a month. Now he's on a new treatment plan. Um, So because they live on the west side, they go through Hendricks Regional. Mm -hmm. 
Hendrix Regional has a new partnership through Mayo Clinic. Okay. Um, his uro-oncologist at Urology of Indiana used to work directly for MD Anderson. Okay. So he has all these networks that are now working in conjunction with each other. Right, yeah. So we feel like we're in the best of hands uh, that we could be. And, um, and as of today, he's been on his treatment for a little over two and a half weeks, and he says he feels great. Awesome. So yeah. you look at him... You could probably tell, like, you, okay, you might be sick, or you know, he's he's much thinner than he should be, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but he's starting to eat again. He's starting to to live life. He's right. starting to have fun. He goes out, and I think before I got to I got to work this morning, I think around seven thirty, and he was already out fishing. Nice, like just nice. You know, with, with yeah. one of his friends. I mean, yeah. it's that's good. He's he's trying to really do everything he can. So yeah. right, that's, that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Um. What what is his what is his plan in the in the short term? Is it just stay on this treatment and, and see yeah. how it goes? Yeah, uh, you know, right now he's he kind of because uh, you know we we asked him we said you know this is this is your life, and what do you want to do? Yeah, I have I have two kids of my own. Uh, youngest is three, oldest is five. Okay, my brother, my oldest brother has um, three children. The oldest I think is. She's going to kill me. I think she's 11 <laughs> or turning 11 and the youngest is two. And so he's got a lot of grandkids yeah. that mm-hmm. he wants to be here for. And he right. said, no, I'm, I'm going to do whatever we need to do. Yeah. Okay. Well, understand then you have to listen to us too. You know, yeah. when, when it's time that you're not following the plan, we're going to make you follow the plan. If this is what you want to do. It's going to be some intervention. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, he's, he's hated it, but yeah. he, he knew it was for the right reasons. And right. Yeah. And, uh, and he's still here. So yeah. that's, he's here and, and his quality of life is here. And I think that's, that's yeah. a big part of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. good. Um, we'll continue success with him. And if there's anything we can do, certainly let us know. Um, you guys, uh, Duncan Supply has been a great partner for the last two years. Um, what attracted you uh, to the Heroes Foundation? And so I guess, it, it, as we like to say, why, why Heroes? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I'm a firm believer. Um, one of the things that I, I get from my mother that everything happens for a reason, especially when you don't understand it. All right. You, you just things happen in a really weird way, and I, I found the right people when I needed to. And what it was is actually I went out to a networking event and I met Daniel, mm-hmm. and he happens to come in we're talking about our business and and the things that that they do and and services that they offer and i i well, there was a break in the conversation one of my guys had gotten up to go do something and i yeah. something had been mentioned about oh i've got to go do something for heroes tonight and i said well what's that that wasn't that speed dating thing that you no no, <laughs> no it wasn't that no that was another yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh he said I've, I've got this thing for heroes and i said what's that and he says oh the heroes foundation I said, tell me about it. And he told me what it was about. And that was, a, I want to say, maybe a month or two after we got that initial diagnosis. Yeah. So oh, okay. it was yeah. right at the onset of my was, life getting turned upside before down. Before that actually happened. No, it was right after. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that, that was, it was eye-opening to me to know, okay, great. There are, uh, which inevitably my, my f- scope of view is, is this big. Yeah. And... I didn't have that cancer story yet. Yep. And so now to find out, oh, there's plenty of people here and here's a foundation of people from Indy 
still in Indy where the money yeah. comes back to Indy, I was all over it. I was all about it. I said, you know, this is something that it, not only for the sake of my dad, mm -hmm. for the sake of some of our other employees whose family has gone through this, right. this yeah. was something that I felt, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. This makes sense for us, no question. Give me some information. I want to be a part. Yeah. Well, we certainly appreciate your guys' support. Yep. Uh, I'm glad to be a part of the family in an extended way. Mm -hmm. um, what, I guess, it was based on what you've seen so far, both with your dad's experience and then, uh, you know, getting to know the Heroes Foundation family a little bit more, um, what really resonates with you in terms of how how you want to give back and what you want to see accomplished. I'm not gonna put a time limit on it. You know, I'm not gonna say, well, what do you want to see in the next five years? But what, what, are, what are the hot buttons for you to, to see with the partnership and, and what organizations like ours and others are doing? Um, where do you want to see things go? And that may be a dumb question. No, I don't think it is. I, I think there's, I think advocacy can be such a huge help. Um, and I don't know, I don't know how that starts. I don't know if it comes from being interconnected with all the hospitals, um, with different doctor's offices or whatnot to say, hey, this is a new thing for you because our f nobody in our family had really gone through this that had this big of a bomb dropped yeah. mm -hmm. to say, here's a group of people that can tell you all the expectations you might need. And I think that that would have set, having that element back then for us, I think would have changed everything because it was so much up up at night, late, up first thing the next morning, why haven't we heard anything? Okay, have we heard, yeah. have we heard today? No, we're supposed to hear sometime this week. Okay, is it, is it tomorrow? And we want that information now that it, that's just not how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and we didn't really understand that. And I think a lot of it would come from people who've been there, who've lived it in one form or another, whether you've personally done it or right. your family has yeah. to say, let's let's get some expectations you don't know what to expect so here we're going to link you up with some of these people mm -hmm. yeah. and and have that um i'm trying to think of what what hendrix regional calls it i think uh i think they called it an ambassador okay. so my dad had yeah. an ambassador that anything he needs right. from the hospital for the doctor's office he can call this person and she makes the world turn yeah. and yeah. it's almost like having an ambassador that's outside of the office to say expectations mm -hmm. and we you know what are things what what are experiences like and yeah. i think that would be huge yeah that, that kind that of outreach point, um and this goes back to 20 plus years ago when i started going to, or when i was going through it this was just kind of on the cusp where mm -hmm. you know maybe maybe the largest cancer center started these kind of ancillary programs um and now it's kind of commonplace today to have an ambassador or navigator or yeah. whatever, whatever title they want to give it um is huge because you guys know yeah, the one there's one piece of, of fighting cancer, which is the actual patient getting the medicinal treatment. But dude, there's so many <laughs> other aspects yeah. and effects, yeah. mm -hmm. and questions are created, and different unknowns, and all this stuff that you have to, to navigate. Yeah, um, those services are, are huge now. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, yeah. even from from the spouse to the ch I mean, I mean, my dad has. I mean, I'm I'm the youngest at 34 of his three kids, and even as adults, like, okay, this is still kind of mesmerizing and I'm kind of lost in all this. And so l let alone down to small kids. Yeah. And, and that's that, that sort of support, I think from a group like heroes or other groups like us, hmm. um, 
that they can have that advocacy. They can have that expectation and mindsetting and be that, that navigator more so for families, yeah. not so much the patient and the doctor. Mm -hmm. sure. I think that yeah. would be a huge, huge benefit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, what else could we do to help? That's kind of a loaded question, right? <laughs> that's everything. That's, that's the big kick. You know what? I don't think anybody can ever do enough. Right. And you know, it's trying to, trying to find the cure for all of these, all these bad ways that we right. just can't, can't get away from. Yeah. And that's really kind of the, the challenge is, you know, we, we have what we call the three summits or you call them pillars, whatever you mm -hmm. want to call them. Um, but for us, it's, it's summits and it, and it's the three kind of key areas or cores that we, we focus on. Obviously research is, is pretty straightforward. It's trying to fund research to find cures, mm -hmm. um, not just find cures, but then ultimately, or not ultimately is a cure, but in between now and then is, is finding better ways of treating um, treating the different the different types of cancers, um, but then it's it's educating the public on ways of trying to prevent mm -hmm. some some things just happen for a reason, sure. and we can't prevent those. But there are certainly um, things we can do to try to minimize our chances yeah. of, of getting different types of cancer. Um, and then the support piece, um, yeah, we're trying to cure it. Yes, we're trying to prevent it, but it's going to happen. Yeah, and these people need assistance and support to get through the process, um, and and it's. That's the challenge is, is trying to do all that uh, at the same time. Yeah. Yes. Oh, for it's sure. Not yeah, easy. For sure. So, uh, it takes uh, partners like you guys um, and, and many others, hint, hint, um, <laughs> that, uh, that, that make our job at least a little bit easier, or at least helps us get uh, to where we want to go. So we, we, again, thank you guys for your support. We yeah. appreciate mm -hmm. that. And well, it's, if there's ever been a, a cause worthy enough of, of standing our business and our name behind, it's for sure this one. Oh, well, awesome. You know, that's, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Any questions that you have for us at all? I don't think so right now. Okay. Well, we thank you for your time. Absolutely. We appreciate you sharing the story. And, and again, best of luck to your dad. We'll certainly be here supporting you guys mm -hmm. however appreciate we can. It. Yep. And thank you all for listening today on this episode of the Summits Podcast. Uh, keep, keep Chris's dad's thoughts or keep Chris's dad in your thoughts and prayers. We would appreciate that. Um, thanks again, you guys, for joining us. Again, Heroes Foundation YouTube channel. Hit that little subscriber button and notification bell if you haven't already. And from wherever you guys are tuning in and listening, we appreciate it. And don't forget, beat cancer.